0: That's hyperthetical. H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to
2: Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current
1: events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist.
2: In this episode, we are talking about international relations.
1: So grab your Ph.D.
0: thesis and let's... Get civical.
2: Let's get civical. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. We're here. We're back. Yep. I missed you. And I missed you. And hey, wait, where have you been? (laughs) Hey, wait. Oh, my God. No, Lizzie. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even. Oh, my God. It's been, what, like 10 years? (laughs) This is crazy. I literally can't believe I'm looking at you right now. (laughs) I'm Lizzie
1: Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> that was
2: such a joy to watch. I know. Look, you know I love my little intro improvs. I love it. I can't them. help it. I try to make it fresh and new every week. The but sometimes changes. it works and sometimes it doesn't.
1: Your face changing with all of those moments. let uh, I have
2: a BFA. Tears to my eyes. Don't it's cry. So Don't cry. Ah. Save that for later in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> but this is I Let's Get Civic. I am Lizzie Stewart. And, and
1: I am Arden walentowski
2: and today, we, and by we, I mean Arden, <laughs> is going to be talking about international relations. And I'm going to be asking a ton of questions yeah.
1: throughout this. We're going to talk about international relations, like the theories behind it, not any specific we're moment not, in yeah. time. We're not
2: looking at like the U.S. v. China, circa no. so like no. 19, him and a hem. hem and hem and a hem. We're not doing that. No,
1: we're just looking at what? is international relations and how to how do countries like interact with one another yeah. and what are the various theories about that because much like domestic politics it's kind of, it's about norms and there's sure. no like true guidelines. It's all about, you know, reading the room and <laughs>
2: what, what is this? It's kind of like <laughs> dating. It kind of is like dating. But you're a country and sometimes lives are at stake. <laughs> yeah, we are going to DTR, define the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> God bless. You. I'm so excited. I uh, I've, I've looked through the notes that you've come up with, mm-hmm. and I can be honest that a lot of this stuff I have never
1: heard of, but I feel like happens every day. It happens every day. And honestly, like once you go, once you have somebody tell you what international, like what the different kind of constructs you can use to look at international relations are, like when mm. somebody tells them to you, you're like, oh, it's actually fairly simple and fairly common okay. sense. Okay. And then you can like look at given situations and be like, "Oh, I get it." I China get it. is, you know, our relationship is fraught with China because they hold a lot of da- blah, blah, blah blah blah. Anyway,
2: shout out to China. China. Hi China. Hey, if you're listening.
1: Hey, hey, hello. <laughs> so, what is international relations? You tell me. Oh my god. So, international relations, it's basically the most high stakes kind of complicated Game theory.
2: Great. Question number one. What is is game theory? (laughs) I have heard of game theory. Yeah. I'm not going to attempt to define it. I'm going to let you define it. But I just want to note, every time I've heard of something, I've heard of game theory.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Great. Got it. Point
2: for me. Point
1: for Lizzie. Lizzie one, Arden 25. (laughs) Listen, I may fall on my face by the end of these four pages of notes. That's literally impossible.
2: impossible. Impossible. I will carry you (laughs) and us through this episode. Oh, my God. You just give me the sign, and I will take over what game theory is by reading your notes.
1: (laughs) Great. So game theory is a way to study or look at strategic interactions between various actors. Like Brad Pitt and Matt Damon. Right. Brad Pitt, Matt Damon. Brad Pitt Angelina Jolie. Wow. Brad Pitt Jan Aston. Like, did you say Jan Aston? I did. We're good Jan
2: Aston? I'm not editing that out. I'm not editing that out. You have to be held accountable for the atrocities
1: that you make in this room. Jan Aston? Who's that? Because I was trying to be cool and say Jen Astin, Jan Aston. Jan, like my you know, brain was too far ahead and Jan. I put Jan Aston. Jan
2: Aston. Yep. Shout out to Jan Aston, <laughs> friend of the show. It's not even her last name. It's not. It's not.
1: Oh, Jennifer Aniston, I'm so sorry. Jan
2: Aston. <laughs> you know what? It's close to my idol in this life, the person who I would go to war for, right? Sean Aston. Yes, it who is. Who is an excellent actor. Sidebar from Game Theory. If you have not seen Sean Aston's work, you are missing out are on. Are you talking about Rudy? I am, of course, talking about Rudy. Rudy is an incredible film. It's an incredible film. And from a filmmaking standpoint, from an acting standpoint, and it's about football, I couldn't ask for more. I couldn't ask for more. I'm so, I just, Sean Aston, if you're listening, <laughs> I know you're not, but if you were, you just, if I found out that you were listening, that you knew that I existed, I would burst into flames. <laughs> I would burst into tears. I'm holding my face because I love you so much. Uh, so anyways, that's I'm not. That's neither here nor there. But that's also you are combining Jennifer Aniston right. and Sean Aston. right to Into create one.
1: Jan Jake. Astin. <laughs> so if I ever have a dog, that's gonna be its name. That's perfect. Yeah.
2: All of this is staying in this episode. I want you I'm to know so, that right now. So, so when you send me sorry. the uh, the note to be like, please Cut take it up. out, I'll be like, no, no, I won't. We need to be uh, we need to be transparent with our listeners. <laughs> You need to be held accountable for your stupidity. For your atrocities (laughs) uh, against Jennifer Aniston.
1: (sighs) I'm so sorry, Jennifer Aniston. So back to game theory. Back to game theory. Okay. So game theory, like I said, strategic. It's a way to look at how various actors interact. So yes, like Brad Pitt and uh, Angelina Jolie. Or in our case, like various world leaders and how they look at situations between their country and another country or between two other countries or, you know. So like one of the most famous Game theories is called the prisoner's dilemma. Oh
2: my god! And <laughs> <if you laughs> First of all, great title. I know, great title. Uh, Mom has been wanting a good title for a long time. The prisoner's dilemma. Yep. It sounds like like
0: a, a, a Twilight book. Like it, it sounds, sounds so.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like somebody
1: should write a book called Prisoner's. The fourth dilemma. book in the Twilight series, The Prisoner's Dilemma. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a steamy romance novel, you know. It's great. It's sexy. So the prisoner's dilemma. <clears throat> is so here so here's the setup you have two it's just a game two it's a thought game two it's people like monopoly it's like monopoly but every, in everybody's lives matter okay two people have been arrested for a crime and for the sake of argument in this game they're both guilty great so they've done this thing they've been arrested and they each have an option of whether to confess or lie about their guilt great so you and i right Are both guilty of a crime. We're both guilty, but we've done the crime together. We've done the crime together. We're both guilty, and we've been arrested. But there isn't enough evidence to convict either one of us... Solely just based on the evidence alone, the cops need somebody to turn on the other person or for both people to turn on each other. This is like other. forensic
2: files. I am totally. so into it. Right? Okay. I you dig this. Okay. Yes.
1: So then what they do in this game theory is that they put like each prisoner in a separate room. They're no, not allowed to talk to each other. There's no communication. They don't know what the other person's doing. Great. Here's the basic setup. So if you confess,
2: I confess. Of course I do. I right. Have, I have no spine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so if you confess, And I remain silent about our crime. You get to go free. Right. But I get three years in jail. Right. If we, and then vice versa. So like if I confess, I go free, you get three years in jail. If if we both confess, we each get two years in jail.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. I see where this is going. Right, right, right. Okay. Okay.
1: But if we both stay silent, we only get a year.
2: Wow, but I don't know what you're doing. Right? I don't know what you're doing. Right? This so you, is the game. This is the game. Like Actually, I would know what you're doing because we are obviously the same telepathically con- connected. Right. I can't talk. <laughs> I had a stroke <laughs> in the middle of saying telepathically. We are telepathically connected. I know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. We will stay silent. We will do
1: that. A hundred percent. We I know. stay silent.
2: Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then we we're, staying like spend, we're, we're staying silent. We're staying silent. Oh my spend god! What, what if they yell at I'm not strong. No, I would never. I would. I would be like, I did it solely. Arden was never there. Um, please put me away for my whole life. I don't deserve to be here. Okay, I'm but sorry. I, feel like,
1: I think you figured out like the loophole in the game theory, which is like the that you confess for you. They're assuming that you that this person would confess the crime.
2: Oh, for the other person, like
1: implicating the other person.
2: Right, but if I'm like, yes, I, I did, did it. it
1: there's I don't know what Arden
2: was doing
1: right wow I'm a genius genius I should put China on
2: the phone let's (laughs) let's put this bad boy to work (laughs) China okay so we're both guilty of the same crime right (laughs) here's what we're doing my phone call with China is just explaining the prisoner's dilemma as though it's a fun game (laughs) that's international relations to me
1: love bless great so that's That's basically a prisoner's dilemma. So the whole game is like, what would each person do? What do you, what's the decision you make? But the essence of it is like, you don't know what this other person is thinking. And so how can you, you have three possible choices that you can make, but what do you decide based on not knowing what the other person is going to do? And that's basically international relations. Like you don't know.
2: You're making an educated guess. Right. You're
1: making an educated guess. As the president of the United States, you don't know what you know, the president of China is going to do. Sure. Yeah. Um, throw a curveball, throw a curveball, but like you can make a guess at it mm-hmm. based on what they've done before. Mm-hmm. Like you would make a guess at what I would do in the prisoner's dilemma because you know me yeah. and you could be like, I know she, this is the way she thinks and she might do X, Y, and Z because yeah. when we did that, that show that one time she said she would remain silent. So I'm so going to make a pretty good, good guess that she's going <laughs> to remain silent. <laughs> yeah, So that's basically international relations is like, a, it's a guessing game.
2: I love that. Yeah, I know there's no way to avoid that, but I love that. I know, right? We're just like, okay, (laughs) all right. Let's all do a temperature check. Who who do you? What do you think China's going to (laughs) do? Let's do a soft poll. Soft (laughs) poll. Who thinks
1: A B? Okay, so in the world of countries, not in a pretend game theory world. um, In in
2: the world that we live in. In the world that 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 we live in. Countries,
1: right? Full of countries. Reality.
2: So in uh, so right so here here. In our
1: world. In our world, not the world of game theory. <laughs> International relations is what happens between different countries. So different actions that countries take, that exe- that the leaders of the countries make, the language that they use when dealing with one another, certain meetings that they set up, first strikes and disagreements, and then response to strikes. So like when Trump
2: almost yeah nuked Iran. Yeah. Love Um, it.
1: Which is a response to them shooting down a drone. A drone. So it's like that, it's that kind of stuff. Like you just don't know, like they shot down a drone. Like we really couldn't have anticipated that to a certain extent. Sure. And so what's your response to that? Like that. Yeah. Yeah. That moment of like uncertainty and lack of clarity is is international international relations. Oh
2: my God. It's literally like every relationship with a man I've been in. Yeah. It's just like, he just shot down my drone. Do I bomb him? Right. (laughs) No, not inaccurate. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so funny. Okay. (laughs) Do I bomb him? I'm going to make so many comparisons to international relationships and my dating life. It's going to be insane. It's a strong choice. Buckle up. That's what I bring to the table. Love it. You bring game theory. I bring my reality. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I welcome it with open arms. Because, like you know, when you're dealing with sovereign nations, which like, yeah, I know, right? It's hard, right? They're a, they're a bitch, a very needy bunch. Yeah, they don't like nations like to do things that are in their own best interest. I mean, of well, course sure. they do, and <laughs> so like they're not going to do something for another country without getting something in return. Because totally. why would you do that? Yeah and there are so there's so many countries there's so many countries in so the world, the world is so big, uh, it's so big it's so big and so many big, different types of leaders it's Very that it's large. hard
2: yes very a lot of personalities it's in so the room it's so many a lot of a lot of colorful personalities yes. it's like you can't what how you treat germany right. is not how you treat <laughs> <laughs> taiwan i know
1: <laughs> that's that's 100% yeah. true so there are four basic types of like I guess you could say force. Oh, also I should say... All of the, all of the, most of these notes, 90% of them have come from my uh, Columbia undergraduate international. Re- Hell yeah. Introduction to international relations class that was yes. taught by Brooke Green. So uh, thank you out. for your notes. I sure as fuck did dig into courseworks online and download them again. Good. Yeah. I mean, I paid the money for the degree. Came in handy. Came in handy. Look, it's, it's really coming <laughs> in handy <laughs> right really now. You are. And you are carrying this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there are four different types of force that countries can use against one another. Ooh. Yeah. Love. Do you want to do definitions? Yeah, I'm gonna do, guys. I'm gonna do definitions,
2: Great. and that's gonna be me reading off the page. It's gonna be incredible. So the four basic types of force are number one, defense. <laughs> that where you that is that is where you ward off attack and attack or limit damage. I love it. Defense. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I get it. Basic. Defense. I watch football. I get it. Yeah. Okay. The second type of basic. Force is deterrence, which is use, threat of consequences to dissuade actor from changing behavior. So deterrence is just being like, if you do this, yeah. we will do
1: this. Exactly. That
2: is a de- <sighs> So it's like, if you bomb us, we We're will g-
1: destroy your country. Right. Right, right. Or if you bomb... Someone else. A country, if you bomb B country, then we as C country are going to withhold your four and eight. Oh, sure. Yes, it You know, like any kind of, you could do that game too. It's not just about like a retaliation of like physical force. Right. It's also monetary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Tariffs.
1: Yeah. Tariffs. Exactly.
2: (laughs) The third basic type of force is compellence, which is use of force to change behavior. So we're using force to encourage you. To change your behavior.
0: Yeah, I'm going to compel you. Yeah, I compel you. The
2: power of Christ <laughs> compels you. I ran. What's that from? It's from
1: The Exorcist. Okay, thank you. Have you seen? Oh, yes. yes. I just had a moment. It's where I literally was like, 11 I know it's from minutes
2: of two priests going, The power of Christ compels you. God. The power of Christ compels you. And her body is like floating in the air. And they're just saying it over and over again, being like, God, I hope this works. I hope it works. (laughs) I hope something sticks. And then finally her body lowers back down. It's incredible. It's a long scene. And that is the only dialogue. The power of Christ compels you. So when you're thinking of compellence in international relations, I encourage you to think of The Exorcist. Exorcist
1: And Linda Blair floating in the So Sweet Linda
2: Blair being up here. And we're just trying to bring her down here.
1: That movie is so scary.
2: It's very scary. I love it. I love that movie. Yep. So that's Compellence. Yeah. So it's using force to change behavior. Yep. And then my favorite, number four, swaggering, <laughs> <laughs> which is when I walk in a room. Now, swaggering is show for prestige. So yeah. you're just like, you're you're flexing, basically?
1: You're flexing your muscle. Yeah. yeah you're you're flex- being like, here are my weapons. Yep. You, you know you more like? than you think you do. Of course, I do. <laughs> look, I read, I watch
2: movies, I know what it is. Yeah, but it's, yeah, I mean, I, and I'm also just like, this is what I think it would mean if we're right. swaggering in. It's probably like with nuclear warheads. That's exactly it. That's like, all, all that we look have. At how
1: big my bomb is. Look at my bomb. Yeah. It's um. That's like military parades, yeah. or even like if you're gonna do. I mean, countries do this all the time. Well, they're they'll hold like naval or like air military Show, exercises like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 like yeah. not even like in the country no but that like they're out, but, like yeah. out at sea mm-hmm. but like just beyond the international like in international waters right so that it's not like in somebody's like sovereign like right. water territory yeah
2: it's so funny though because like the i think the rule is that you have to alert nations that you're doing tests of nuclear natures in international waters you have to be like hey germany we're gonna be shooting off this at this time yeah i think it's so funny because it's just like it's being like hey We're going to flex at 12 (laughs) o'clock. Don't watch. (laughs) Don't mind us. (laughs) Did you? Oh, I didn't see you there.
1: Yeah, I know. It's really funny. Yeah. So those are the four types of like basic force. And they, depending on the type of international, like the type of political international atmosphere, atmosphere. Sure. excellent word thank you at any You're given so time welcome. i was struggling you know cuz like the era of the cold war is different from what we were in now and that's sure. different from the era of era of world war 2 you know the context of those things can change but basically those are the four main types of of like of force i love it so then during the cold war and the nuclear era just to give you an idea those types of force look like this so in defense there's no way if you take defense as a force there's no way to use nuclear weapons for defense in the traditional sense like
2: yeah if everybody you sent, would die everybody would die it's over
1: right it's done it's not there's not defending it's um annihilation it's annihilation right because like in a traditional war where you like you send bombs or you send troops or whatever your defense is the scale is fairly minimal compared right. to the dropping of a nuclear bomb and so yeah. there's no real real defense against like you don't use nukes for defense no you use them as a deterrent, which is yes. the second type of force because people because it's fairly well known that nukes are highly destructive. And so yeah. the whole point of having nukes, like the reason why other countries want nukes is so that they have power for power. Yeah. So that like because the United States have, has so many nukes that other countries like North Korea want nukes so that they can be of a power on the level with the United States. Right. So that they have it's like a skin in the game like
2: 11 countries have nuclear weapons yeah like there's not a, a lot. very small amount yeah yeah i i don't like nuclear weapons i wish they didn't exist wow. in this world
1: scandal what a stance
2: i know sorry scandal. don't call me because i'm right <laughs> yeah but i but i get it yeah it's like if you act up we could literally destroy your entire country yeah you know, if it's yeah. just like the size of North Korea. Yeah, right. we have we have we currently have in our possession a nuclear warhead that could destroy the
1: entire world. country of North Korea
2: yeah. and our world. Yeah. Yeah. Which I feel like. And
1: is the only country that's dropped atomic bombs. Like,
2: yeah, it's just, oh, I don't like them. I don't like them at all. I know.
1: Are we Ugh. in the same headspace? I don't know. Who knows what Trump would do? But like, sure. He, he will. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I think um, as a country, we are not in the not headspace. in the same headspace. Not in the no, same no, headspace no, 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 at all. But who knows what this leader would do? Yeah, and so deterrence and and compellence kind of go hand in hand with nuclear warheads. It's like we've never used atomic bombs after Hiroshima and Nagasaki because we've never. It's not. We're not compelling somebody to do something. We're not compelling somebody to be like. Hey. Can you, you know, please get stop invading this country? Or <laughs> no, we'll, no like, I I'm going to <laughs> compel you to do that. Otherwise, we're going to use nuclear. Yeah, war, like that's not a thing that ever happened. Atomic bombs are used more as a, um, a deterrent. And for swaggering, it's like, yeah, how many nukes you got? Yeah, let's, how let's big show them. can they go? Let's show the tanks. Yeah, or
2: even just like sheer numbers. I, we literally just swaggered. Yeah, we we as the United States just swaggered on the Fourth of July. I just want that to be. No, that we we are not usually we're not a swaggering country.
1: No, not general. usually, yeah.
2: But we swaggered, which felt I feel like it felt so weird to swagger
1: because the parade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's rare that we do it on our own. On our territory. own territory, we'll it's like do stuff swaggering like for who? Right for who was who's watching us? We don't we, we don't we, we don't, don't want know. It. We don't pay attention. Yeah, we like most of the time we'll do it in international waters because why would we swagger for our own people? Yeah, like uh, that everybody's doesn't make any like, sense. Look, we know we're not. <laughs> we get it. We're <laughs> we big and okay, great. Okay, greatest nation on the earth. So there are a couple things to consider in international relations. Great. I can't wait. Yeah. Let's consider them. Let's consider them. I I hope that there's
2: more to consider. (laughs) There are more
1: to consider. But like on a basic level, here are just like some questions to put in context, international relations. So is the leader or are the leaders the only one influencing decisions? So like the leader of the country.
2: Like is it Kim Jong-un versus a place like the UK
1: right, right right or is somebody influencing Kim jo- Kim Jong-un sure like when George, w- when George W Bush was president and he was making decisions you could argue that it wasn't entirely him making all of those decisions you could argue that it was 90 was- Dick Cheney right so and I do argue and you do argue <laughs> so that's one thing to think about that it is you know you have the leader you have the face of the country but who's behind the leader who's behind the leader or leaders the yeah. man or the woman mm-hmm. behind, behind the curtain right or it could be that the legislation, the legislative body in a certain country has more power than the executive, but yeah. the executive is the face. And so like, sure. what's that relationship? Yeah. Does the makeup of a country's political or civic structure influence how they operate with other countries?
2: Like what?
1: So, I don't understand. So this that. would be like for us, this would be like the Senate has to approve treaties. Oh, I see. Right? So like when Trump pulled out of the Paris Climate Agreement, that was a moment where, because the treaty doesn't have any effect for us if our legislation, if our legislature doesn't approve it, mm-hmm. he can make all of the deals or non-deals that he wants, or any you know any president negotiating a treaty on behalf of the United States can make any deals that they want with another sovereign leader. But right. it doesn't actually matter if he if that president that person can't get the Senate to be like sure. okay, we're on board, right? Because they have to approve it. We love so that's like, you know. And that's just us. That's and there are similar devices in place in other countries. And then, what determines when a country will cooperate with another country? What Ooh,
2: do? Yeah, I wonder what does determine. I mean, what? Yeah, I like, think it's like like with the, what their economy is like. Like if they yeah, need something, like yeah. that's what. Sort of, like if it's like, oh, my people are starving. We have to make a deal to get trade from the United States. Yeah. Should I just be an ambassador? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, I accept. It I'll become president and you, I will make you ambassador. Oh my of God. Where do you want to go? I don't know. France? Oh, I can't speak French. I feel like that's do important. Do you to go to the UK? I feel like that's the only, I mean, I kind of, yeah. uh, but I love Germany. I can't speak German.
1: Angela speaks good English. Oh, I love Angela. I love Angela.
2: <laughs> Angela is my president. I I literally would die for her. I love her so much. <laughs> Angela. Angela speaks good English. Yes. If very good no i'm not gonna, do it. I'm, not gonna do it. No, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna disrespect her in that way <laughs> um,
1: yeah uh yeah yeah so it's stuff like that it's like what do various countries like what does the country need what's yeah. the struggle they're having at the moment if you're yeah. talking about like you know the ukraine are we willing to help do. you the U- <laughs> i always think about ukraine are we willing to help ukraine in terms of russia
2: I don't know know, because Ukraine can get a little weird sometimes. I don't love I don't love their stances. So I don't know if we're gonna help Ukraine or not.
1: But that's what I mean. Like what's in it for us? What would be in it for Ukraine? Right. Are we gonna get what's the relationship? Like how would that affect the relationship between us and Russia? Yeah. Depending on who's president. What do countries want? Is it only what do you want? What do you want? What do you what want? What do you want? What it, do, you want? <sighs> do you is it only? Material? God damn it!
2: What do you want? Sorry, I just watched the Notebook, um, <laughs> alone, <laughs> ne- not more than two days ago, <clears throat> and that scene where he's at the car and he's just like, "What do you want? What do you want? God damn it! What do you want?" Good. And she's like, "I have to go," and it's like, "Oh my God, Allie, choose Noah, yeah, choose Noah."
1: I know, I know. Like I like. Listen, I it surprises me always that i like that movie when i watch it because it's i mean it's the notebook and there's problems and there's problems but it's so it's so i
2: I would not recommend watching it alone (laughs) i just (laughs) it had been a minute since i saw it and i was like oh my god (laughs) nobody will ever build me a house (laughs) there's no houses for lizzie (laughs) it's not about me okay find you a guy who builds a house i will find myself a guy who builds a house if anybody wants to build me a house call me <laughs> I'm interested in speaking with you. <laughs> so, um, what do countries want? What do want?
1: countries want? Is it only material, uh, materially attainable things like money or aid or weapons, or do they want other things like power? Are they willing to be an ally with you mm. to gain power or standing in the world, or to like, or for defense? Like you could, you know, like the you know the allied powers were allied against. Um, you know, they were united as a defense against the, uh, the Axis powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is America falling as the hegemony of the world? Are they falling as like the, the pinnacle leader of the world? And hegemony is, just to define it, is the leadership or dominance and in an international relations. It's by a singular country. So like, so, like, so
2: we would argue that um, the United States is the hegemony of
1: the world. The world. Like yeah. it is it the is number the, one. Yeah. The leading country of It is number the world. one on the charts. Right. Sure. No, you can argue like, what chart are you looking at? Well That's fair. Which Education, not, not the
2: hegemony. Nope. Not Economics? the hegemony.
1: Not the hegemony. No. But power, if you're talking just strictly power, money, influence, influence, sure. Definitely at the moment and has been for at least a couple decades, the United States. Although I feel like we're in a a moment of that's it's changing. What is it? What does it mean? I think it's in flux. What are you basing, you know, who are you determining are the world leaders and what are you basing that on? Yeah. And then. In terms of, like, globalization and international relations, what does interdependence on other countries mean for cooperation between countries? So if you're relying on, you know, trade agreements or economic, you know, economic relations between countries as a deterrent or as a compellence, mm-hmm. then what does it mean for your relationship with them? Like, does sure. it make it... It depends on, you know, an interdependent relationship with the UK would be very different from us from one with Saudi Arabia. Yeah. So... Let's talk about the three different paradigms. Oh
2: my god. I was I gonna I was like when are we gonna talk about the three <laughs> paradigms? When
1: is it gonna when, come up? When? Okay.
2: Okay. Now. Now. Yeah. now. now. I like now. How, what I love about international relations and this is just like a product of how we theorize things of being like so you have six ways that you can do this right. and then there are three basic schools of thought then there are four <laughs> quite normal questions that you ask yourself when you're going to go to a, co- a war with the country and then there's the overall
0: eight st-
1: <laughs> there's so many theories there's so many theories so I so know many theories and constructs and perspectives because People just want to understand. I know. Like, they're trying to predict how things are going to work out, how things are going to happen in the world. And they're like, maybe we just come up with another theory. I know. Maybe this theory will solve it.
2: It's it's called the Dick Cheney theory. It's called Dick Cheney went to war with Iraq. And that's (laughs) (laughs) there's one
1: bullet point. (laughs) It's just that. It's just that.
2: There's a lot. There's a lot of theories happening here. But now we're going to talk about the three paradigms.
1: Yeah, we are. Okay, The first one is realism, which
2: is like, get real with me.
1: Get real with me. Like this is Are you going to bomb me? Yes or no? No. Or maybe. Or maybe. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Why? In maybe. Right. (laughs) Circle one. (laughs) Great. What are you doing Friday night?
2: What are you doing Friday night? Are you busy? Yes? No? Maybe. Maybe. Hmm.
1: Yeah, so realism, it's the historically dominant perspective mainly because it's been around the longest. And before globalization really took off and before countries became like, economically interdependent on one another. Realism was... It's still... A, a, it's an interesting perspective, and it's still pretty uh, pretty popular as an explanation for international relations, but or as a lens. But it works well if you think about it in traditional, like, war-type scenarios. Like, think about World War II. Like I that is do. real. Like, always looking at World War II through the lens of realism will get you far in understanding what it is. And it's based on this very Hobbesian, it's a Hobbesian concept by Hobbesian I mean Hobbes yeah, I'm like who who is Hobbes who is Hobbes Hobbes
2: wait no who is Hobbes uh he
1: was a philosopher okay great yeah
2: and you just gotta he you gotta the, say these things and he
1: wrote the um Leviathan I understand I'm yeah. back I'm back great you know you love it Leviathan Leviathan um, <laughs> <laughs> he so it's a concept he came up with this concept that without government as kind of like an arbiter and as a protector each individual person in a sovereign country a nation whatever Will seek to protect their own security and will try to destroy those who threaten your own security. So, like,
2: feels real. Right. Like, if you. It's literally like if you attack me, I will, I will go on the defense right. and
1: destroy you. Right.
0: Like, yeah. if, you, if you
1: jump out Come of me tops, from a dark alley, I will punch you I in will, the throat. Right. As a matter of self defense, I will
0: cower
2: and die. But that's just, that's, that's my realism. <laughs> That's my realism. Arden's realism and my realism is different. <laughs> I will hurt you. Yes,
1: Lizzie. Will cry. I will hope that Arden is next to me, <laughs> so she will hurt you. Yeah, but it's like I mean that's pretty. I feel like that's really true. Like pe- yeah, like that's how. That's just, human nature. That's human nature. It's just self defense and self protection. Yes, and countries operate in the same way. They don't want. They want to protect themselves. Yes, and that's pretty standard and self-evident and like fairly rational like you wouldn't want to like nobody's (laughs) nobody's standing on the border being like come bomb us no it's good we're good i want it i want it. yeah so in realism they view the nation the sovereign state as the central actor so like the u.s france russia they view them as like you can think of them as like individual like individuals yeah because they treat the country as one thing. As an individual, yeah. Yeah, as the, as the actor. And all of these these, like, the individual actors are motivated by survival in a world that is constantly shifting and changing and yeah. fairly dangerous in yeah. terms of international relations. They primarily seek power to ensure survival, especially against other powerful nations, which is why, like, China tries so hard and is succeeding and building up their power and influence in the world and mm-hmm. why Russia, like, why we had the Cold War for so long and why Russia is continually trying to gain power and prestige, influence. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're going about it in a totally different way now than they did during the Cold War. Like, and the yeah. Cold War was all about like these little like the nuclear weapons, but all about proxy wars in various countries. Yeah. And now it's about election interference. Yeah. So it's their games have shifted. Yeah. So a lukewarm war. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a title. What a title. (laughs) Like warm war. Hot war. It's hot
2: war. Boiling. Boiling. (laughs) Boiling war. Getting warmer. (laughs) Chance of sleep war. (laughs) (laughs) Hurricane war. Oh, my
1: God. Take cover. So states compete in realism. States compete for power and security and the main ways that they do that are by use of economic and military power. Sure. Because those are the two major things that any country can use to influence another country or another leader.
2: Yeah. I mean, I just feel like it's money and guns. It's money
1: and guns. Yeah, totally. America. Money I mean, what and are guns. they going to do? Like propose marriage? Like that's not <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. sure. Marry they me. could, you know what they could do? They could build us a house. They could build us a house. <laughs> a house would go a long way for us. If, 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 you know, China was just like, Hey, I built you this house, yeah, and it has a wraparound porch. It has a game just room. Like you asked, yeah. It has a room so you can paint. Mm. It could go a long way. International relations.
1: Is there a bar in the house? I would I'm love a doing bar in my a house. metaphor
2: to the Notebook, and you are just building your ideal house. <laughs>
1: That we're on two angry, different wavelengths right now. I did, not, <laughs> I right did now. not realize that's what you were doing. I'm literally like, what would I want in my house? What would I want in I my want house. a
2: gazebo. I like how you thought game room and bar. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's great.
1: So in realism, skeptical about the the role that ethics play in international relations in terms of like.
2: Is this the right or wrong thing to do? Right. Sure. Sure. I feel like it's.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't play a heavy role. Except if you're talking about atomic bombs and nuclear weapons, then like obviously the crux of that is ethics. Because if you don't, if you didn't care about other human lives, then we
2: would be bombing everyone, everybody
1: all the time. Like we would just, but it's also like a self-preservation thing. Like if you bomb, I mean, nukes is a turn is kind of funny because if you bomb some, if you bomb another country, they will immediately they'll they, I mean when you hit that button they know it's coming they'll immediately bomb you back I mean that's the deterrent part of it sure but it also if you bomb somebody else like if we bomb China we depend a lot on China totally and so
2: well also you're assuming that you're not, you're you're bombing a country that has nuclear powers but as right. we as we talked about only like under fifteen countries yeah. do so it's like if you're bombing a country like North Korea that doesn't have or supposedly doesn't have the capability to bomb yeah. us back like. But then a country like China would probably engage,
0: and right. then you're in a totally. war with China, which right. is
2: absolutely the absolute last thing we need to be doing <laughs> right now. I don't really feel it's it in couldn't our our best be less interest. of what we should be doing. It's like yeah. absolutely not what we as United States need to be engaging in right now. Yeah, we need to be focusing on our homework, uh huh, so we can we can get into a good college. Yeah. And, and be a productive part of the society. We don't need to be drinking and doing God knows what else. Right. With China.
1: I love this analogy. Thank you. Good job. Thank you. Realism emphasizes continuity rather than change. So it wants to stay on the same, the same track.
2: Homeostasis.
1: Homeostasis. We love. So for example, a realist might say that because each state has an interest in its own survival and fears to increase in other states' powers, a balance of power is likely to emerge. So it's all about like... You know, it's like magnetism. Like you want to keep everything in balance. Yeah. And and uh kind of there will never be like equal power across the world no. because then you would just no, be introducing be like another
2: a select amount of countries that have the most power, that right. have like the biggest weapons. Right. And countries that don't. Right. Which I think is why we freak out when a country like North Korea is trying so hard to like get to the level of like nuclear right capabilities because right. that really upsets
1: The balance of power in the world. Totally.
2: Like like we haven't, like there's no agreements. Like there's no, like we don't know.
1: Yeah. And it's not like, you know, France or Germany because those actors are fairly rational actors. I mean, they have their own domestic problems, but as a country, they're fairly predictable and rational. Right. Kim Jong-un as a leader is not predictable or rational and runs a dictatorship. And so it's like, you know, there's a difference between them getting a nuke and somebody like Angela Merkel having a nuke. Right.
2: She can have a nuke if she wants it. If she wants it. I, yes.
1: Okay. There's one more thing I want to say about realism. Go for it. Okay. So this guy, Ken Waltz, Kenneth Waltz, he proposed a new theory for realism in- Um, Of course he did. In (laughs) 1979, high Cold War. And he argued that like, if you had two countries, if you had a bipolarity instead of a hegemony, if you had two countries who were more stable, who were the world leaders, it would lead to like a more stable international relations Hmm. atmosphere because they would be- there would always be a check on, on either country, right? Yeah. Like in a like that's why two parents, right? It's like an antitrust policy. Like sure. you don't want like a monopoly.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You
1: know, like the MTA has a monopoly on public transportation in New York, and that's and not it's good. It's ruining all of our lives, and it's ruining <laughs> all of our lives. Like it would be great if there and there used to be. Like we used to have multiple train companies right. that ran the various tracks in our city. Yeah, and we don't have that anymore. And you could argue that if they hadn't combined those companies into one and created a monopoly like you we would have better service because there would be competition right and in a way that's what he's arguing here is that if you have two countries who are both the world leaders it will create a stability because you will always have those countries checking checking on each other yeah 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 which makes sense to me. i
2: mean i get it
1: right yeah so that's that's realism it's all about like War power. How do we maintain our power? How do we get more power? How do we stop other countries from having power and keep the
2: status and, quo? And
1: keep the status quo. And like it's all about money and guns. I love that. Money, it's guns, all, and it's bombs. It's always about money and guns. Yeah. So the second one, the second kind of paradigm you can use to look at it, uh, international relations through, is liberalism. And it's not liberal. It's you. You have to divorce like liberal well, domestic policies yeah, yeah. from this word. Yes. Yeah. Because the word, I don't, it actually, I don't know. It could be called, you know, blue lemonade. It actually doesn't Blue lemonade! So liberalism emphasizes the potential for cooperation among states because of growing globalization. So it's basically about, like, as we become more of a global society, we will depend more on each other, and inherently that will create more pathways and opportunities and desire for cooperation between countries. Sure. Because in a global society, you can't, exist on your own right you just won't like we will never You'll be north korea you'll be north korea and you will never you know be able to sell we need other countries to buy the stuff we make right. to buy the stuff that we export
2: right we need an international trade we, we need, need internet interna- right agreements and, yeah
1: right and because china like china needs us to buy their shit right right like we would never exist in the way that we do if we didn't have kind of global cooperation so there are, like, three different types of pathways you could use for this. There are, like, inter- international institutions. So think, like, the UN. Sure. Yeah. And, like, economic interdependence that we talked about. So trade deals and foreign aid. Yeah. And then even democracy. Like, the way that people use democracy and the fact that United, the United States tends to see, like, they would rather see a country that's in flux become a democracy as opposed to being some other kind of, you know, like, they don't want a dictatorship. They don't right. want, a, you know,
2: We'd rather see more democracies pop up,
1: right? Because the theory is that if people have more of a voice in their government, then the government will have a check, yeah, because it will be responsible to the people as opposed to being, you know, a kingdom or, you know, something like Saudi Arabia that is, right, you know, problematic. People don't have a lot of voice. Problematic. Yeah. And in that vein, the domestic kind of the domestic makeup of a state, the domestic populations within any country, are key to understanding how well a state will act. In the international atmosphere. So like, you know, the way that we, that the United States acts in any given situation is very different from how North Korea would act. And based on part of, part of, you know, a lot of it is based on the leader of the countries. But like, it also comes from the population and domestic politics that happen inside. Sure. Like the, the American people are, have a very different mindset than the Chinese or than the North Koreans. And so like what, what each leader can get away with is kind of determined, in part by what the country's citizens will support. Sure, yeah, liberalists tend to think that states are embedded in domestic and transnational societies which create incentives for economic, social and cultural interactions across borders and that states can block those actions. So again like think Paris Climate Agreement. Sure. That like that's about domestic politics. Like it's every country has like a domestic responsibility to fight climate change but you're coming and there are policies internally to do that, but you're coming to the international stage with, you know, the global mindset of we all have to do this together. Right, because this is... You know, this is a global yeah, everybody's problem. Hot. Everybody's getting warm. It's uh, toasty in here. It's very warm. Yeah, and I should say that this... So some of this liberalism stuff I pulled from a paper by this guy, Andrew Moravestic from mm-hmm. Princeton. Shout so out to you, Andrew. Andrew. I believe that was just a quote from yours that I read. But yeah, so then... And they tend to be. They think more about like socially determined state preferences as opposed to power and resources, like realism does. Sure. So they think about more. It's more about the people as opposed to like. It's not about power directly. Right. Power is like part of it. Part it's, of, it's part, part of it, it. But like, it's it's not. It's not the goal. It's not the mechanism that they use. They tend to be more people oriented. We love that. And they look at war different differently. And they typically turn to disputes over economic resources mm. or an exploitation of underrepresented underrepresented political constituencies and conflicting state interests that may come from different nationalist or political ideologies. So they look at those things as a way, instead of looking at like how many bombs do you have and what is the best way for me to invade your country? Right. They're looking at more nuanced things, which you can see like in our national or international stage today, like there is a very nationalist bent that's coming. Yeah. That is present in our international atmosphere. Yeah. And that's not about power, right? Yeah, like. Right. In the UK, in France, in Germany, in the US, all of these countries that are democracies, the interplay that's, you know, that's coming up domestically will have influence over international relations. Mm -hmm. Even, like, if you look at the EU, like, the people who are being elected in France and Germany who are very right, very conservative, very nationalist and populist are now being elected to the EU Council. Right. And so what does that mean for international relations because yeah. now you're changing th- that is really about yeah this populist that's happening domestically it's not about power right in the traditional sense right so then the third one is social constructivism and like i get let's what this is constructive let's be socially constructive right? i understand <laughs> i know like this one i think is it's it needs somebody's got I mean i'm sure there's been more work done on it since i learned about it in school but we I need a like PhD. Needs, we need a PhD thesis. A couple, thesis. A, th- a, thesi, a if thesi, you will I on will. This. I simply will. So they. This is more about they take issue with realism and liberalism's tendencies to assume that state interests are relatively given and static. They think that you that things change more often than the other two paradigms would assume that they do.
2: Sure. Uh huh. And they, I feel like do they though?
1: I feel like isn't it what everybody always
2: wants is like more power, more money, more right, right. like influence in the world. Right. How is that? How is that changing? How right. Is, it, the United States is never going to be like, we want Less. Actually, I want to, <laughs> I just want to sort of like give up my city life and I want to move and like, you know, to the woods in my cabin. And I really want to unplug. I really want to unplug. <laughs> like that's yeah. not going to happen. Right. No, no. We, uh, like everybody just wants to grow and get more.
1: Right. I, no, I agree. I agree. Who am I arguing with? <laughs>
2: Whoever PhD thesis this was on,
1: but they also, so, which I think is an interesting take. They allow for more. They they allow for a role for non-state actors. So think like activists and experts and stuff, which is interesting. Except that like, I don't like how much say do they actually have.
2: Well, sure. I think they have. They have social influence, right? But h- how often does that translate to policy influence, right? I mean, you can. You've we've definitely seen it over time here in the states how activists have. Activism has caused political shift. Yeah, but it does like in on a on a massive scale. Like 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 thinking of like the the civil rights movement for example. It's right. like you could you could probably list on one hand the amount of times when you've seen like a massive policy shift because of an activist movement. Right. You know, like all at once. Like right. have things changed over time? Of course. Right. 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 But like. Yeah, has
1: it happened in the span of, like, just a couple of years, only right. a couple of times? Right. And on an international scale, like, how many times has that happened? Like, it sure. ha- like it's happened on a domestic scale. And really, I think, in recent memory, the only thing that – I mean – it's climate change yeah. and there's, I forget what the name of it is, but there's a, like a security council that's all about getting nukes out of countries and I forget what they're called, oh, but sure. there's a whole like international agency that's been tasked with getting countries to give up nuclear weapons. And really I feel like those are the two things that
2: are, are internationally are, are, are plaguing us,
1: right? Are plaguing us, but are also th- like things that we've come to cons- you know, conclusions that we've come to relatively, quickly and right. that we have
2: to do something We have about. to do something
1: about it right yeah. like everybody we have to do something about the nuclear weapons there's too many too many there's guys too many we have too, too, many. too many
2: one too many one too many we have to start giving them up we don't need them just everybody put, i don't know yeah. put them somewhere i like denuclearize them i don't know how it works i'm not a scientist but like we don't need weapons of mass destruction we do not need weapons of mass destruction yeah
1: So, like, to give you an example, a constructivist might say that states are less likely to target civilians in war because of a norm that doing so is wrong, which Uh, uh, I kind of disagree. I mean, like, to a certain extent, nobody. I feel like there are some countries who are like, I don't give a fuck who we kill.
2: Sure. And and even us, we're like, yes, there might be some civilian casualties. We take that into consideration and we
1: still make the move. It's
2: not it's not a full enough deterrent. It's just like I feel like. If only civilians are the ones being targeted, then granted, I don't think, and we're like only engaging in like military action, like say in Iraq, if only civilians are going to be harmed by this, then yes, I don't think we take that action, but it's like half, you know, like ISIS and half civilians, (laughs) we're probably going to do it. Right. Yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah, but also
1: no. No. I mean, I feel like if you it's take It's fucked up. Like, it's fucked up. Totally fucked up. But I feel like if you if, maybe if you take it in the context of, you know, if you go back a couple hundred years to when countries would literally like pillage and plunder and rape the well, people that sure, they would take over the in the good country. Old like days. Right, like, like that's, that's that's sure
2: last year's Lizzie. That's like <laughs> that's not who we are this year. No, that's
1: just like totally. And I feel like we're moving that way, like it's more of a norm. I feel like, like we think about cool civilians now to, it's like, in our calculus
2: pillage and plunder for many for like a century like it hasn't been really cool to do that
1: no right so right yeah so in a but way I, like I understand what this is say- what this paradigm is saying like but I don't I think it's a little too like rose glasses optimistic for me
2: yeah of like yeah, the yeah. people will die right so we won't, we won't do, do it. it and I'm like bitch have you met us <laughs> we'll kill anybody are you joking when will and then we'll be like i'm so sorry. So sorry. <laughs> so so sorry. That's on me. I'm sorry. Didn't realize so many civilians were there. Yeah, we don't give a shit. No. Like uh, if there if there is a way for us to justify like oh, this used to be a military compound, <laughs> then then that's what we'll do. We don't give a we don't give a no. shit. We don't give a shit, right. especially if it's a country in the Middle East or basically a a non white country we, yeah. we will justify any sort of civilian casualty yeah. and have no nobody will reprimand us for it because we'll be like oh you're who at war you're at war who who, who russia would? lol ha <laughs> ha china they're busy yeah they're busy yeah nobody, like maybe i mean angela would be like what the fuck is going on guys <laughs> but she's only one person she's one person you know yeah macron would just give it the puppy dog eyes and be like no you cannot do it. <laughs> That's my bad Macron Cold impression. Why did you do this? Why did you do this? Uh, we didn't, didn't
1: agree to uh, and we did you it. doing this. Did not feel like dead it is not good.
2: Stop it! Uh, do not come! Do not come! Shame on you! <laughs> <laughs> oh man! God. Sorry Macron. Uh, sorry for that. I'm not sorry. You're not sorry. I'm. I'm just be days, <laughs> it, uh, <it's>,
1: uh, oui. <laughs>
2: I don't know a lot of French. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's. I mean, that's a little bit about social constructivism. It's. It's a developing theory. Shall love we say? It. I feel we like it's it. the In new one. It's the baby. It needs some work. I personally think. I think we live somewhere between you can take things both from realism and liberalism and i think they're like sure. they're both i think it, like an amalgamation of those two paradigms is like where i live and in because sure. you do like people want power money guns but it does have a lot you like you can't just look at that it has totally. a lot to do with with what is happening within any within the country. country yeah yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. you got to know what's going on with them before you can know what's going on with us right you know, like if you're going through something and I'm in a relationship with you, not to bring it no. back to like my dating life, but like oh, please do. if my partner is like going through something in his country and like he's acting weird and lashing out and I'm like, What's going on? What's going on? Like it, it affects right. us. Right, right, right. What's going on in his country. It's it yeah. my country. Yeah. Because in my country it gets sad. My country gets confused. Yeah. My country's like, Why aren't you texting me right now? Right. I don't understand. I texted you two hours ago. <laughs> and then it affects Yeah. It our affects our international, international relations. relations. Making this into a digestible
1: nugget. I love. you can just
2: That's what you on. have to do. That's what you have to do. Yeah.
1: So that's a very brief <laughs> amateurish attempt at explaining it it international
2: amateurish. relations. No, absolutely not. I will not let you sell yourself <laughs> short. I I come so on, no, nobody knows this shit. I know, nobody it's so- knows this shit. You have to take a a, a, a class yeah. at Columbia <laughs> in order to understand why we're engaging with countries in the way that we are. Yeah, and that's weird to me. Yeah, it's weird to me because it's so like because we're all we're all worried about Russia. Yeah, we're all worried about North Korea. Sometimes I feel stressed about China. Yeah, you know, and and so it's just like the fact that we it's not really. Uh, like wildly understood what's going on between us and them and like what the the theories are behind it yeah but that's international International relations Relations. shoot man hope that was helpful you guys i hope it was helpful for me i'm just sitting here being like good gracious i'm just looking at all of our relationships being like how's everybody doing right (laughs) are we satisfying you are you getting what you need from us (laughs) The answer is probably no. Probably no. No. Why? How could you possibly be getting what you need from us when I'm not even getting what we need from us?
1: Yeah,
2: I, an active citizen of this country. <laughs> no, it's very fun. It was a. It's fun to talk about. And I learned so much. I'm so glad. So much. You are so smart. And I am grateful for your knowledge and what you bring to the table every day. You're so amazing. I am. It was such hard work. I am sweating. You're sweating. (laughs) And I'm sweating for no reason. I just sweat. Uh, (laughs) But that was our episode for today. Guys, we love you so much. You are so much fun. We have the best time with you. And if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. You can rate us. You can review us. You can subscribe to us. And we will talk to you. I love talking to people. It's literally so much fun. If you have questions, if you have concerns, if you're like, wait a second, I didn't quite understand that part of it. We're here. Yeah. We're here. We'll answer. We'll answer. We sure will answer. We love answering. But yeah, we love you so, so much. And we will see you next Wednesday. Bye.